The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Chris Gasper, a good friend of mine from college, Boston Globe sports columnist. He's the host of the Season Ticket podcast, also co-host of Gasper and Murray on 98.5, the sports hub in Boston. So, Chris, how did you develop the thick skin to be a Boston sports media member? Well, it took some work, Noah, I'll tell you that. I think you know me from college. I'm a little bit of a sensitive guy, <laughs> so it did not come naturally. I think what helped me develop that skin was I sort of put myself in the shoes of the athletes that I cover. In other words, you're an athlete here, and you have somebody criticizing you, critiquing you, sometimes writing something that's satirical and a little bit making fun of you, and they can't do your job. They don't really know the intricacies of your job. I I know a little bit about football. I like to joke just enough to be dangerous, but I don't know what the game plan for the Patriots is. I don't always know, especially without asking what the coverage was that they were playing and who was responsible for a touchdown, but that doesn't stop me from expressing my opinion or writing something that is critiquing or criticizing somebody's job. So it would be hypocritical of me then as a journalist, when there's a reader or a listener on the outside who's doing the same thing, who probably couldn't do my job, definitely is not familiar, at least not intimately familiar with how I'm being asked to do my job and the things I need to do to do my job. If that person is critiquing and criticizing me, I just have to sort of take it because, as I said, if I didn't do that, that would be really hypocritical. And that's sort of the way I look at it, that there's it's a little bit of sort of the sports media circle of life. Right. You have the players. They get criticized by the media. You have the media. They get criticized a lot of times by the fans. And then sometimes you have the fans who will get criticized by the players and the media. I think that's sort of the way it goes. Boston is a tremendously passionate market. There's no question about it. There's a lot more scrutiny here than in other markets. And I think the other thing that's interesting about sports journalism, even relative to other fields of journalism, but I would say relative to other fields, is that everybody thinks they can do your job even if they don't have the training to do it. In other words, you would never walk into a doctor's office and tell a doctor how to do their job, there's a specific level of training that they have. Now, obviously, for journalism, it's nowhere near that level. But still, you know, you would never do that. The same with a lawyer. If a lawyer were saying, okay, this is the way to go about this case, this is the law, this is the precedent, you wouldn't have people on the outside who don't have law degrees or haven't studied the law sort of saying, no, 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 you're all wrong about that, counselor. But in journalism, particularly sports journalism, the people that you are writing for or that are listening to you feel like, and in, in some cases they do know from a pure sports standpoint just as much as you do, even if they don't know how to put that into sports journalism practice. So that's something that I sort of think about too, is that this is just a different field and that criticism sort of comes with the territory. But when the media criticizes a certain athlete, then there are other people who stick up for that athlete. Nobody's ever sticking up for the media member when others get on that reporter though, right? Not often. Um, You know, I think that obviously, given the environment in the country right now, that this profession, whether you're a sports reporter or just a regular journalist who works for a newspaper or a website or a magazine, it's probably not the most popular profession in America right now. I think people a lot of times have some disdain for media members. I think we can be 
an easy target. Um, I think it's an easy, I think, again, much like the athletes to sort of pull it back to that. I've always said this, Noah, that a lot of times when people look at an athlete, right, let's take LeBron James for Mm -hmm. an example. What we see in commercials or sports center highlights or interviews, you're getting a two-dimensional view of a three-dimensional person. You don't really know LeBron James. You only know what comes through your TV set and how he entertains you. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to a media member. And I think when that's the case, when you only get a two-dimensional view of a three-dimensional person, it's really sort of easy to sort of dehumanize them, to basically say this person just exists for this particular job they have, whether it's NBA player or it's Boston Globe sports columnist. That's why they're on this earth. That's all they do on this earth. And it becomes much easier to criticize them. And I sort of understand that. And to your question about people coming to your defense, I think, you know, again, there's this natural sort of bond and connection a lot of times between the fans and the teams. And I think that a lot of times there are fans who feel like you should have the same perspective they do, which is to cheer unabashedly for their team. And and that's not the job. You know, the job is to show a little more objectivity. And so I think that natural sort of friction there between fan and media member in terms of the perspective they have on a team or on a sport or on a sporting event is why you don't get people coming to the defense of media members that often. So how long, how long did it take you to develop that perspective? Uh, It's been something that I think has evolved. I mean, you know, honestly, it, it probably dawned on me very early in my career covering the Patriots, you know, maybe my second season, which was about 2008 as the beat writer, it just sort of dawned on me that, you know, you get all these emails or people criticizing you from, for everything from, you know, a quote you used or a quote you didn't use to a comma that they feel is misplaced to your grammar. Uh, and sometimes they're right, by the way. But again, you know, for me to get upset about that and, and sort of lash out at them, it's like, well, what about that player I'm covering who, you know, I just wrote about um, who is underperforming? You know, I'm, I'm sort of doing the same thing. And I find it makes it easier for me in that regard to accept the criticism. Like, we're all human. Nobody likes to be criticized. Nobody likes to be derided. Uh, it's, it's not fun, but it does come with the territory. And it sort of goes along the lines of if you're going to dish it out, which many columnists do, that's part of the job. Uh, you have to be able to take it too. As long as it doesn't devolve into something that's really, you know, threatening, nasty, mean spirited. Uh, it has a racial overtone. And trust me, I've gotten all of those. You know, those aren't ones I just sort of say, oh, you know, that's just the fans right to criticize. Those are a little bit different when you feel like it's more personal and it's not so much about your work, but it might be about your ethnicity or it might be about something else. But uh, overall, you just try to roll with it. And trust me, I probably sound like I'm good with it as we're talking, but it is still a work in progress. I mean, it doesn't take much. Sometimes you get an email or or something or a tweet, and uh, even though you know it's part of the territory, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I can't believe they actually said that. Like, they wrote that like I'm not even a human being. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt physically threatened? Physically threatened? I'm, I've had people make, you know, threats. You know, I'll come down there and do this, that, and the other. But I've never really thought somebody was going to do it. Um, when I think about emails that have bothered me the most, one that I can think of off the top of my head was from a gentleman who liked to critique my writing. And we were talking about a column I had written on Steve Donahue, who was the coach at Boston college. 
And I had some information that I had been given about his job status. And I had written a column saying that it was time for Steve Donahue to no longer be the men's basketball coach at BC. And I think the next day or the same day he got fired. So you can put two and two together. I had a little bit of a heads up there, Mm -hmm. but I got this angry email from this guy saying you should never, you know, these, this is a college coach, you know, how dare you no columnist should ever be writing that a coach should be fired. And then he extended it to a point where he said that if Al Skinner, who's African-American was, were still the coach that I wouldn't have written that, um, Mm. you know, given my background being half African-American and biracial. And that really offended me uh, because I thought he was basically calling my integrity into question and saying that I only wrote what I wrote uh, because Steve Donahue was not African-American and that it was not based on information I had and and my opinion of the job he had done. So that's one that stands out to me where I I felt I felt that one really crossed the line. And that was one I actually brought to, you know, the editor of, of The Globe and said, you know, I'm not happy with this this email, this is not somebody that I want to be able to, um, correspond with me and be able to send my email. They're, they're, they're basically saying that I have no integrity and saying that my perspective on the, the coaching change at BC is, is a racial one and, and sort of, you know, tacitly inferring that I'm racist, that, that I was somehow racist against Steve Donahue. So that was one that really stood out to me that, that it was criticism that really bothered me. Were you able to respond to him? I, I did respond to him. I did respond to him. And I, I tried to explain what I just explained there. You know, I, I can't give sources away, but I said I had some information. I also said, hey, you know, this is big time college athletics. It's Division One. Boston College is in the ACC. I mean, we're not talking about the local YMCA. Uh, you know, that comes with the territory of the job. I like Steve Donahue a lot. He's a very nice man. Um, you know, he, he's, he's had has a personal situation, you know, with his family, uh, with his son who has a health situation. He's done a great job with that. Uh, that I and I try to explain to him that it was not based on race; it was based on performance. You know, Al Skinner had done a good job at BC and was the last coach to take them to the NCAA tournament. And there were some recruits, uh, you know, George Niang, who went to Iowa State, who was a guy who was interested in BC that that BC missed out on. The recruiting wasn't good, the talent level wasn't good, and it was based on that, not not race. But he just was convinced that. Um, you know, one, you should never write about a college coach job security and, and, and come out and say that a college coach uh, needs to be removed from their job. And two, he was just adamant that somehow race had driven my column and, and driven my viewpoint on the situation. Chris, good talking to you. Thanks, pal. Yeah, anytime, Noah, anytime. Uh, you know, I have to say, like, you know, trying to get a tougher skin is uh, still a work in progress for me. But a lot of the abuse you gave me in college is something I go back Stop it. and I draw on. <laughs> so for the record, I was never tough on Gasper. He's just making things up. He was two years ahead of me at BU and always the first one I read when I opened the Freep in class. That's the free press, the school paper. He's informed, opinionated, thoughtful, and fair. That's exactly what you'd want from a columnist and he's doing it in a very difficult market to handle. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CGasper and subscribe to his podcast called Season Ticket. I'd also like to know which writers and hosts you pay attention to. It doesn't have to be just sports. So let me know on Twitter at Noah Kozlov or on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up.
The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>